Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. The book of Esther, chapter number four, and we are going to go to verse number 14, one passage of scripture, and I know that you are extremely familiar with this, and this is uh, one of the uh, harder things to do in in preaching is when you take such a familiar text and uh, try to hold somebody's attention to something they've read a thousand times, but I believe the Lord would speak to us today from this passage of scripture as we are preparing ourselves for service. Everybody say, God, use me in your service. Amen. Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth? whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I love that, the way that Mordecai said that, and who knoweth, whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Look at at your neighbor and say, God has brought you to the kingdom for this time. Turn around and tell somebody else, God has brought you to the kingdom for this time. Amen. And I want to preach for a little while this morning on for such a time as this. Amen. My subtitle would be the kingdom is calling. Amen. The kingdom is calling. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence, for the tremendous flow of anointing that we feel in this place. And Lord, as we give you this Sunday to focus our attention towards service, I pray, Lord God, that you would anoint us, Lord. Anoint us not to just hear it, God, but to receive it. Write it upon the tablets of our heart, Lord. May it encourage us. May it challenge us. May it strengthen us to do your work and to do your will. I pray that you would bless and anoint every person under the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus and everyone said amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Look at somebody one more time and tell them, it's your time to answer the call. I know most of us are in some way familiar with the book of Esther. It is an incredibly unique book, and if you'll give me just a few minutes of your attention this morning, I want to I try to bring you to where they are uh, in the book of Esther. Israel is now taken captive to Babylon under the rule of King Xerxes I, and they have been taken, they have been uprooted from their homeland in Israel, and now they have been led as slaves and captives into the Persian Empire in what is better known today 
as modern-day Iran and Iraq. And King Xerxes has established a very formidable kingdom, not only conquering what we call the Middle East, but also the northern African territories, and even went into Greece and conquered many of the Grecian lands and into modern-day Italy. And he had a very powerful kingdom. As a matter of fact, it was the most powerful kingdom on the earth at that time. And this is where the setting of the book of Esther comes to us is in this setting. And it's under the reign and the tyrannical reign of King Xerxes that this story comes to us. The, 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 this book, the book of Esther, is still, um, still one of the most beautiful books. It's one of the only two books in the Bible named after a woman. Ruth and Esther, and it's such a beautiful story of Esther, her ascending <clears throat> to the kingdom, to the throne, to be the queen, as most of you know, at a time when her people were in slavery uh, to the Babylonian Empire. <clears throat> Something to note about this book is, um, I say this uh, not for shock value, but to, to bring something into context, if I were to title this book other than uh, Esther, I would, I would title this book, The Book of Kingdom Purpose, uh, because this book is unlike any other book in your Bible. The book of Esther uh, actually does not even mention the name God one time throughout the book. It's the only book in your Bible that doesn't, but it does talk about God's people. It talks about God's purpose, and it talks about the kingdom being bigger than any one person. And so God, in his wisdom, had this book canonized into our Holy Scripture to show us that we all play a part in the kingdom of God. I want you to know this morning, every one of us has a vital role in the kingdom of God. Paul said it like this, that we are members in particular. In other words, that each one of us has a role to play, no matter how large or how small, no matter how, uh, how grand or how minimal, every one of us has a place in the kingdom of God. Tap yourself on the chest and say, I have a place in the kingdom of God. The setting of Esther is, is one of darkness when you begin to step into this book and you realize that all of a sudden this book is a book written in a time of great despair for Israel and written in a time of great bondage of their people being enslaved to King Xerxes. And we step into the scene and King Xerxes is having a feast and and uh, it's a royal feast, and he is going to show off uh, one of his chosen brides. <clears throat> this was very important for the kingdom at that time. They would take the choicest, the most beautiful of women from the lands that they had conquered, and they would serve one year under the king's direction and learn how to be a queen. Although all but one of them would end up in a harem. They would not be a wife. They would not have any title. They would have to learn how to dress the way a queen would dress. They had to learn how to act the way a queen would act. They had to learn how to <clears throat> talk how a king would talk. You, you, you couldn't just walk in and just, hey, Joe. You couldn't just walk in and what's up, buddy? The way you approached the king was very important. It took, 
it took them one year, 365 days of all day long and into the night learning how to be a queen to the king, learning how to walk, learning customs, learning manners, learning language, learning appearances, learning when to wear what, when to say what, when to be silent, where to stand, how to approach, the time to approach. And all of this sounds, sounds very trivial to us, but get one of these wrong, and it could sentence a woman to her death. And so now King Xerxes has decided and his affection has fallen on Queen Vashiti. And he is now going to introduce and show her off to the world, her beauty. And because she is what he was desiring in a woman. But something got in the mind of Queen Vashiti and all of a sudden she decided she didn't want to be shown to the world. And she decided that, that it would be her timing and not his. And long story short uh, he cuts the cord and she's no longer queen and he turns to his eunuch and says find me now another queen out of the ones that you have trained now I want to tell you something when the king comes calling we've got to be ready no matter what time he calls Esther is a typology of the church in the book of Esther because she is serving not only her purpose, but she is trying to serve the purpose of the king and the purpose of the kingdom on the earth. That's why we are here. We are not here for our own selves because we realize there's a greater cause in this life than my own personal ambition. There's a greater cause in going to church than just gratification of self. But when I come into to the kingdom of God I have a purpose to serve and when the king gets ready to call me I'd better be ready willing and able to step up at the time he says <laughs> there's no argument there's no I don't feel like it I feel ugly today I'm having a bad hair day I don't like the way this looks on me there's when the king comes calling we have one obligation and that is to respond maybe this is why Paul said to be instant in season and out of season because even he understood that Jesus Christ being the king of kings and the lord of all lords is going to have a bride that would need to be ready to work and to operate whenever he calls upon us to I come to tell you this morning you're more you're a part of more than just a local assembly you're a part of a global kingdom amen and God has called us to the kingdom for this time God has called us to the kingdom for this moment I know it's 2023 and things are weird and society's shifting and everything's changing and we would like to live in a more simpler time but God did not choose for you the 1950s and God didn't choose for you even the 1990s but God chose for you to be in the kingdom at such a time as this because when God said I need a queen I need a bride he chose each and every one of you because he says I know they can serve I know they can be a blessing I know they can help advance the kingdom of God now let me say this, none of us hold God hostage. Amen, say that. None of us hold God hostage. 
Amen. My rejection of God's will will not stop God's will from being done. If I preach not the gospel, amen, God's got, <clears throat> God's got a drunk under a bridge somewhere right now that he would fill with the Holy Ghost and they would preach a whole lot better than I ever could. Amen. If you don't step up to that ministry and you're not willing to serve, it's not going to handcuff God uh, hands behind him and the kingdom of God is now limited. No, God will move on. Amen. And he'll find somebody that's willing to work for his kingdom. Now, that's not a threat. That's a revelation that God's will is going to be done. Vashidi, if you don't want to step up, there is an Esther waiting in the wings. If you don't want to serve in the court of the king, if you get an attitude problem, Vashidi, if you get it messed up and you think it's about you and not the king, about your purpose and not the kingdom, then there's a replacement. Xerxes ain't going to deal with that. Amen. Now God's more patient and kind and loving than Xerxes ever was. But the same principle applies. We're not going to stop revival from coming to this city because we choose not to do what God wants to do. God already says, I've got a people that you know not of, but my mission this morning is to encourage you to go ahead and put your hands in this and say, Lord, use me wherever you want to use me. Do through me whatever you would want to do through me. <laughs> There's some events that are coming together at this time, and it's, and it's more than just Vashidi's rebellion and Vashidi's vanity. Uh, there are more things happening <clears throat> because in the background, there's a man, a, a king's advisor, a very powerful man by the name of Haman, and he is plotting, he is plotting the, the total eradication and extermination of the Jewish people. Now, I want to tell you something. I want you to hear me out. <clears throat> God's people have always been a hated people. Amen. Now, don't shout me down when I'm preaching truth now. God's people have always been a hated people. They've always been a blessed people. <clears throat> they've always been a glorious people. But they've always been a people that everybody else looked at with jealousy, hatred, envy, bitterness. <clears throat> so the moment we think as the church, as the kingdom, that we must compromise ourselves to win their approval... It's the moment we lose the luster of being the people of God. <clears throat> From Pharaoh to Xerxes to the emperors, amen, to dictators and fascists, the church of God has always been despised by the world. Amen. There's always been a Haman waiting in the background to take God's people down. Listen to me. Don't focus on the Hamans in your life that are trying to tear you down because if all you do is focus on your haters and all you do is focus on your Hamans, you're going to miss your opportunity to be used of God when God is calling you to service. <clears throat> Amen. A lot of people miss being used by God because they're so focused on what everybody else thinks about them. 
You need to make up in your mind in 2023, I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm not trying to gain a viral level of social media influence. I want to be used of God. I want the king to take notice of me this year. This year ain't about trying to prove anybody wrong. It's trying to prove him right. This year is about me stepping into the service of the kingdom of God. Haman, you keep on hating. Haman, you keep on plotting. But as for me, I'm going to get ready to see the king. Haman says he's going to wipe out God's people. He's going to eradicate, exterminate them from the face of the earth. And hearing this, Mordecai, who is the uncle of Esther. Esther, listen, Esther was an orphan. Esther's parents had most likely been killed in the bondage of the trek of going from Israel into Persia and to the city in particular of Susa, which is in modern-day Iran. And so she was then adopted by her uncle Mordecai. And Mordecai was among the king's advisors. And, and, and he, this is what kings of the old time would do. When they would conquer a land, they would take the smartest and the most useful people. If they were a, good, if they were a, a smart king and they were to have a lasting kingdom, and they would learn from the mathematicians and the scientists and and so Mordecai was one of those that the king allowed <clears throat> within his chamber. And he got wind that Haman was going to eradicate and exterminate the people of God. A man chosen into a life of service by the king and not by her own will. By the king's decree, uh, he, the eunuch was supposed to go out and find the most beautiful women of every nation that he had brought into captivity. Amen. Esther did not choose to be brought in to the, the Persian court. Esther did not choose to enter into a marriage contract uh, with the king. Amen. Her name was actually Hadassah. Everybody say Hadassah. Amen. Hadassah was her Hebrew name. But they gave her a Greco-Persian name by the name of Esther. Amen. Which was very common to do when you were conquered. You would then take on the name of the influence of the place of which you had been conquered and so her name went from Hadassah which in Hebrew literally means hidden amen but when they changed her name to Esther the Greco-Persian definition of the name Esther literally means a day star or a shining star you see she went from a place that was hidden in obscurity but when God got ready to bring her into the front of the kingdom amen she went from Hadassah who was hidden to Esther who would shine in the heavens. Listen, if you'll stay faithful in the service of God, if you'll stay faithful in the kingdom of God, you may feel like you're in obscurity now. You may feel like you're an outcast now. You may feel like nobody sees your prayer life. Nobody cares about your dedication. But there is a God who looks high and sees low. He knows what you're doing. He knows your faithfulness. And in due season, He will exalt you. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. See, Esther, Esther was a great representation of us. Amen. She was, uh, she was orphaned. Amen. She had been cut off. She was a stranger in a strange land. We don't belong to this world. We, we're citizens of another world. Amen. We don't belong to this world. I, I, I don't belong to, to this government. I don't belong to this society. I belong to a kingdom. I belong to the kingdom of our God. I don't, I don't belong to this world system. I belong to the system of God's kingdom. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah. I'm glad that this is not my homeland. For if I had hope in this world alone, we would be of all people most miserable. Hadessa or Esther, she wasn't of that country. She wasn't a citizen of that world. But God chose her, not the king, not Xerxes. God chose her to be placed into the service of the king. Amen. I want you to know something. God chose you to be here at this time because I'm telling you, my brother, my sister, you got exactly what it takes to be used by God you've got exactly what God wants and exactly what God is looking for you may not feel like you're good enough you may not feel like you're qualified enough you may not think you're pretty enough or handsome enough or strong enough but God looked at you and said I have chosen you to come to the kingdom for this time oh somebody go ahead and shout to the Lord if you believe that now, now, Esther had a lot going against her. She was a part of the most hated of the conquered territories, the Jewish people. Haman's going to kill them, starting with her. Mordecai gets wind of this, and Mordecai goes to Esther and says, Honey, listen, it's time for you to stop standing in the back of the room. You need to start stepping forward, because if you don't, they're going to wipe you out and all your people, honey. It's time for you to bat your eyes a little more than you've ever batted them before. Honey, I know you're not comfortable with it, but you better start swishing them hips like you've never swished them. Come on. You better start dabbing on perfume and bacon grease and everything else to get his attention. But listen to me, girl. You ain't got time to waste. I'm going to tell you... <clears throat> Uh, several months ago, I was studying through, and it was, it was part of one of the theses I had to write in, a, in my education, and was studying in the book of uh, Esther, studying this out, and there are two strong schools of thought about Esther, two strong schools of thought in the theological community, amen. We have always pictured Esther to be somewhere between 16 to 20 years of age, a very young handmaiden, amen, but newer discoveries are coming out of the Persian era and they are saying that it is very well likely that Esther was actually in her 40s not only was she the wrong race but she wasn't by some thoughts even in her prime to compete with the 18 and the 20 year olds everything was stacked against her her heritage, 
The fact that she was an orphan. The fact that she didn't belong there. The fact that she lost her parents. The fact she went through an identity crisis and a name change. And now she has been put in queue to be selected. How beautiful she must have been. Even at that, and now some scholars believe she could have been as old as 60 years of age. But how beautiful she must have been. I want to tell you something. Quit disqualifying yourself from being used of God. You may think I'm not in the right age range. I don't look the right part. I don't have it all together like they do. But I'm telling you when the king, when you get the attention of the king when you catch the eye of the king it doesn't matter. Now, let let me say this and and I'm not going to be long today but let me say this. Something else you need to know about Esther is Esther was of royal blood. Do you know that? Esther was of royal blood. Esther is a direct descendant of King Saul. She had royalty in her. In her blood was royal DNA passed down. Amen. You see, she didn't even know and realize until the right moment when Mordecai would imply it to her that within her was already placed the abilities, amen, to become what she could be. I want to tell somebody here this morning, I don't care if you came from a home full of drug addicts or if you came from a home full of abusive parents and alcoholics, if you came from a home that was on the wrong side of the tracks, it doesn't matter because when you were born again, Amen. You got a royal DNA in you. You joined to be a citizen of another world. God became your father. Amen. You've got quit saying you can't do it. When God saved you, it was his approval to say, yes, you can. You can. I put it in you. You can do it. Oh, somebody shout to the Lord if you believe that. Hallelujah. 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 My God, everything was stacked against this woman. Wrong age, wrong race, wrong language, wrong lineage, wrong everything. But when God gets ready to exalt you, when God gets ready to place you into the kingdom, amen, amen, when God gets ready to use you in the kingdom, amen, uh, as uh, uh, Lord Alfred Tennyson said, tis not to reason why, but tis to do or die. In other words, it's not it's not up to us to try to ask God why is it time to do this but it is our response should be it's time it's time to go to work for the kingdom it's time to get busy making disciples it's time to go out and reach a lost world it's time to cast out our nets it's time to go fishing for men wrong age wrong race wrong language wrong bloodline But the Jewish Talmud says something about Esther that I think is pretty powerful. The Jewish Talmud lists six prophetesses in the Old Testament. And Esther is recorded in the history of the Jewish people as being a prophetess. 
I said the Jewish people considered Esther to be a prophetess because when God began to move in her life, not only did she answer the call, but she began to be used as a voice and a mouthpiece for the kingdom of God. Amen. She did everything she could to tell Mordecai, I'm not good enough, Uncle Mordecai. I'm not pretty enough. They're younger than I am. They speak the right language. They've got the right figure. They've got it all. But Mordecai said, girl, who knows that you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. I've come to tell some of you that are wondering what your purpose in life is. This is your purpose. This is your calling. That the kingdom of God might be advanced. That souls might be born again and saved into the kingdom for such a time as this. The kingdom is calling you this morning. The kingdom is calling you. Esther, Esther, you got to do it, honey. Uncle Mordecai, I can't. I can't. These girls, they they know how. I can't. I just, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not young enough. I, I, I've still got an accent when I speak the Parisian language. I, I, I struggle with that. I, I can't go before the king. I can't do it. You see, Esther did something. Amen. Esther did something that blew the mind of the king because every other woman that went in to present herself, they had each one of them been mentored by the king's uh, uh, groomer, if you would, the king's designated selector. That was his eunuch to select a wife for him. They would come in bringing gifts of gold. They would come in and try to recite poetry from foreign lands but not Esther when she came in. She cooked a meal. In other words, history says she walked in with great humility. She walked in not saying look at me and look at all the talents I have but Esther walked in saying look how I can serve. Look at how I can be a blessing. And when Xerxes laid his eyes on her spirit of service He turned his heart toward her. He fell in love with her. And as you know, Esther became a queen and one of the most powerful queens in the history of the Persian Empire. It wasn't based on talent. It wasn't based on looks. It wasn't because she had the right parents or the right language. It was because she had a heart to serve that said, I have been brought to the kingdom for this moment. Oh, come on, lift your voice to the Lord this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, go ahead, First Church, and lift your voice to the Lord right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, girl, if you would all together hold your peace, our people are going to be wiped out. In other words, he was, let me put it in modern vernacular. He said, Esther, if you don't show up and show out, if you don't get involved and push yourself to the forefront to be used of God to save this people, we are all going to be wiped out. I would to God somebody would get an Esther spirit in them right now. You see, right now, 
now I am your Mordecai. Right now I am Uncle Mordecai saying, God's got a purpose for your life. God's got a plan for your life. And if you would all together hold your peace, the kingdom of God, amen, it's going to have to do extra lifting. But God said, no, I've got Esther's in this house this morning. I've got Esther's that I've chosen. The Bible said in verse 1 of chapter 5 that on the third day, Esther put on her royal apparel and stood on the inner court of the king. She had no right wearing royal apparel. She had not yet been wed. But if you would, she laid it all on the table. And she said, we're going to live or die on this move. I'm going to show him not what a queen could be, but what a queen should be. Oh, listen to me right now. And when that woman comes sashaying them hips and batting them eyes into that room and perfume flowing off of her like Pepe Le Pew. Amen. He got a whiff of the cologne perfume. He saw the meal. Hallelujah. Amen. He saw how good looking she was in that dress. And something began to beat in the heart of King Xerxes who had his choice of the finest women in the world. But not only his eyes but his heart and his affection turned to the one who said, I'm not going to scheme my way into the kingdom. I'm not going to scheme my way into your heart, but I'm going to abase myself. I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to get into the kingdom by doing what you're supposed to do. I'm telling somebody right now, you are saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. But if we are saved, then works should be the next fruit that comes after our salvation. God wants to use you this year. Amen. God wants to do more than bless you. God wants to do more than keep you, but God wants to use you in his kingdom. Would you lift your hands where you are right now and feel the stirring of the Holy Ghost? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands right where you are. I feel the stirring of the Spirit this morning. Hallelujah. It's not about me. I know I may have plans. Amen. But what is God planning for my life? What is God planning for my life this year? I know what you're thinking, Pastor. It's only nursery ministry. How important could it be? You have no idea, Esther, how important it is. Oh, Pastor, it's only being an usher. It's not really a big deal. You have no idea how big that deal really is. Oh, Pastor, it's just being a part of the clean team or being a greeter or a Sunday school teacher. Surely it's not that important. But if you understand that you got royalty in you and God did not call you to be a pauper in the kingdom, but he called you to be a servant to serve in the place of the kingdom. Come on, stand with me if you would right now. The Spirit of the Lord is moving right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm praying this year being a part of the church is not something you do but it's something that you are 
say, well, it's God's church, and you're right, but it's my church too. My church too. I belong to the church. I I am First Church. So that's a that's a bold statement. It is if I use my natural lineage. If I use the lineage of drunkards and some folk, folks were just good, but if I use my natural lineage, I have no right to say that. But because I've been born again of the water and the spirit, you see, my royal language starts popping out. I, I can't, sometimes I can't help it. I, I borrow my father's language and I start saying things like I am. Hallelujah. Language that only had been reserved. Amen. For, for him to say, I am that I am. Amen. He lends it to us and says, now you are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Amen. You're a part of that royal blood. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And now I can say I am. Not in the sense that I am God. That's not right. But in the sense that I have become what God is calling me to become. I am more than just a part of the church. But I am the church in flesh and blood I've been born into the kingdom of God for such a time as this church is not what I do church is who I am because when I look at you I, I don't just see people I see the church and flesh God's mercy, God's grace realized in the earth through fallen, frail humanity. Pastor, I don't know if I like that. That scares me because I'm not perfect. Well, that's why he saved you. If only perfect people went to church, they would never grow. Amen. And if you're looking for a perfect church, don't join it. You'll run it because all of us are imperfect. The church is the perfect place for imperfect people. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church. I'm not talking about being churchy. I'm talking about being the church. Get involved in the kingdom of God. Here's the problem that we have far too often. We minimalize whatever ministry God's called us into. Whether it's service ministry preaching ministry, teaching, singing, whatever, fellowship ministry, whatever it is. We minimize that and we say, well, it's, it, it's not really that important, but it is that important. Back in the 1970s, uh, an airplane landing in Miami International Airport, some of you may remember this, crashed into the Florida Everglades, killing almost everybody on board. I think there was three passengers that survived and two crew members. And when they, the NTSB came out, they went out there and they recovered the wreckage of the plane. It was an ordeal to find why did this plane crash? You know why it crashed? Because a 79-cent fuse burned out. And nobody caught it. And a 79-cent fuse, Brother Nate, brought an airliner down. 
So when you begin to think I'm not that important, I'm going to tell you something. Hear me. God can do it without us, but he don't want to do it without us. He wants us to partner with him in this kingdom. Esther. And when I say Esther, I'm not just talking to women. I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to the church. Esther, it's time to come out of training. It's time to quit being Hadassah. You've been hiding long enough. It's time to be Esther. Put on your royal blood-washed garments and step out into the court of the king and say, I have been chosen by God at this moment. Pastor, is it really that? No, it's even more important than that. Well, what is, what is greeting ministry? What has that got to do with anything about the kingdom of anything? You have no idea how important that is. But you know that over 90% of people that walk through those front doors will make a decision whether to come back a second time within 15 seconds. So that's why you are the church. You're the face of the church. But nursery ministry, is, is it really that important? Yes, it's that important because we're training up our children. Would you lift your hands where you are right now? God's calling you, Hadessa. Come on, he's calling you, Hadessa. He's calling you out of the shadows. He's calling you out of the shadows, Hadessa. He's calling you to be an Esther to step out and shine like the day star. Come on, come on. He's moving in this place right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. But pastor, my life is too busy. Unbusy it. But pastor, I got too many things going. Amen. Put the kingdom first. And pray, Lord, that kingdom come, thy will be done. Because God is calling you for such a time as this. He's calling you right now, Hadessa, to step out. He's calling you right now, Esther, to step out. Amen. We don't got another year. We don't got six more months. We don't got five more years. Amen. Who knows when the king is going to call. It's time to step into the court of the king. It's time to put on that royal blood-washed garment. Amen. And it's time to move forward and say, okay, God, I'll do it. I'll be a part of the kingdom. I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I'm good enough, but that's okay. Lord, if you've saved me, then you've chosen me. And if you've chosen me, I'm going to respond. If you've chosen me, I'm going to step out of the darkness of my Hadassah. And I'm going to step into the light of the Esther in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there anybody right now? Amen. That would step out and say, yes, Lord. I'm going to give myself in the service of the kingdom this year. Hallelujah. Whatever I did last year is behind me. But I'm going to step into this new year with new faith. I'm going to step into this new year with new resolve. I'm going to step into this new year with new purpose. God, use me. God, use me. God, use me to be a part of your kingdom, Lord. That's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's hit me, Lord. 
Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.